Test one, two. Testing one, two. Got it, got it. I like it, I like it. All right. Ten seconds. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us, please. We dedicate all our thoughts, words, and actions for the greater glory of God. Amen. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. It's uh, Trey and Thaddeus today, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Good day. Good uh, day. Good day. We're, um, you know, I didn't even pull the prayer out, so we're just going to begin with a extemporaneous prayer for me. <laughs> and Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Father in heaven, we just come before you, and um, during this time as we prepare for Pentecost, we trust that you will send your Holy Spirit to guide this conversation. Please send a great outpouring of your Spirit upon your church and upon each individual who listens to this um, this show, including me and Thaddeus. We ask your blessing on this time. We gather in the name of Jesus and trust that he will be here also. And um, we just give this to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. Ignatius of Loyola. Pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are talking about one of my all favorite all-time saints. Right. I love Saint. I'm a Jesuit. I'm a Jesuit product. That's so right, and that's I and love him. Not not too many better than Saint Ignatius. For yeah, uh, I mean one of the giants, one of the giants of the church. Absolutely, for sure. no question. And you know, it's fitting. Of course, Pope Francis is is Jesuit as mm-hmm. well. First and, Jesuit pope, and one of my favorite uh, teachers ever was Father is is Father Mitch Paqua, and, mm-hmm. and of course he's Jesuit as well. So. Um, I have a little, little quick story. I mean, I have a lot of stories about my high school, my jebbies that taught me in, in high right. school. But uh, Where'd Bob, you go to high school? I went to Regis Jesuit in Denver. In Denver, okay. Mm-hmm, class of 93. Um, when it was still all boys, ju- I mean, just boys. Now it's it's a dual campus. Right. Um, but um, Father Pilgrim, he was my sophomore theology teacher. And uh, he just had a, he had a little, just a little quirk of, he would end almost every sentence with, with babe, you know, with babe, 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 babe. that's right, isn't it? Isn't that right, babe, babe? I don't know why, but you know, especially when it was an, if it was an interrogative statement, it would, it would end with babe. He had some other, had some other lines too, but we'll, oh, we'll save those for another day. But I, I love those men; they were uh, just uh, and and I mean, he just I mean, I, the, just the best. They're, uh, I guess, the thing that's that's beautiful about it is what I know of Saint Ignatius. You probably know more about him than I do, but but I mean, he just was so about in, in integrating the spiritual life into the into the everyday life, which which is really what this show is about because that's we're trying to take we're trying to make sure that we recapture what has always been the case which is that the the spiritual side the unseen and the visible they go to they go together and so the practical things have something to say i mean have something to do with the spiritual with our spiritual good and so i I just yeah and i remember one of my jesuit teachers um my senior theology teacher father bershek he said something along the lines of authentic Christianity is, or, or a mark of authentic Catholicism is the ultimate unified field theory, what, er, where it's it's taking in everything, every aspect of your life. It, it's it's an explanation. It's, it's seeking an explanation for everything Absolutely. in your life. It's seeking an explanation for everything in the world and... and, and giving a purpose and a why and a how to, yeah. to everything. That, right, that integration. Way. Integration, I think it's, it's always been one of the things that's, that's been at the heart of what we've tried to do and what I what I've feel compelled to do, and which I think every Christian is to a certain extent, to, to integrate our beliefs into our, into our actions, you know, and that there's not a disconnect there. It's not like there's a spiritual side and then there's a what do I do, you know, at work. Right. All of that is meant to to go together. There's a lens through which Catholics should should view everything, right. from changing a diaper to buying a house to right. whatever, um, to having leisure time. 
And so one of the things, it, it all presumes that there is a God and that God has a plan and that he is intimately involved in our own life. That's good news. He's not a, he's not a standoff God. He's not, he's not somebody who sets the world in motion and says, hey, just go have at it. I'll check back in later. I mean, he's with us always, which is really the good news of the incarnation. The incarnation is God became one of us. So he experienced in his human nature everything and really more probably than than we do because because he was um two natures, one person, Jesus, and because of his divinity, his his divine nature, he was actually probably more aware well not actually probably actually was more aware of what was going on and the implications and all of those things. So it's really important, I think, for us to remember that that God is near and God is with us. And it's important to um, to make sure that our children uh, are are aware of that. And I think today we we uh, Thaddeus found this, and I thought this was a good topic. Is on six ways to find your purpose in life, according to Saint Ignatius of Loyola, and. Um, I think when you look at this, one of the one of the things that just jumps off the page at me, and the 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 author Father Michael um, says about asking questions about why you're here and what will make you happy is often is too often neglected. When planning for the future, there can be significant pressure to obtain the highest paying job or get into the most prestigious of schools. All that we have to reconnect our children and make sure that we understand that that they have a plan and therefore we should be asking as parents we should be asking what is you know what is the purpose of our child's life and we're a person involved in that maybe maybe of the people on this planet maybe the most important people we should be people who instead say well you're going to be a lawyer from day 1 should be discerning well what is God's purpose because as we've always said we are merely stewards <laughs> We we are we are stewards who provide a person, as Father, uh, I mean, as Pope Francis will say, an apprenticeship to our children. So we should help our children recognize here are some gifts that you have, here's something, and then and start toying with or playing with. Well, what's what should you do with that? What is what? Is, what do you think God wants to do with you with those gifts? Because even at you know fifteen or sixteen. I can see very diverse gifts among my among my children, and you know it's funny the other day that we were talking about the fact that that one of our children, Kennedy, um, is amazingly adept at remembering names, at knowing what is going on with that person, who they are, who they're related to, and and he can. You can just throw a name out, and if he knows it, I mean, he'll not just give you, oh, that's so-and-so. He'll give some background on it, which means he's got a gift of taking in information and and assimilating it, I guess, into that person, whereas I have a hard time just remembering a name. <laughs> but um, but it, what's funny is, is we were talking to my oldest son, and the first thing out of his mouth is, that's a great gift, he he has a great gift at that. That's going to help. That's going to suit him well going forward. Yeah. And you love to hear an older child who's now trying to discern even more specifically what he's trying to do to recognize that gift. And so what do we need to do as parents? We need to recognize it. We need to point it out to him that that's not not a normal. That's a, that's a gift. There's a lot of people who like myself who can forget names all too frequently, much less remember who they are, who their parents are, what they're involved in, et cetera. And so I think the beginning of this is that we, as we've always mentioned, should always remind our children and be reminded that God has a plan for our life. It's a specific plan that only that you were put on this planet, child, Kennedy, what are you, fill in the blank your child's name, that you were put on this planet to do something great, something that only you can do. I don't know what it is necessarily, but I can help you by saying, okay, these are gifts that I see that you have. Where might that fit? And then help them investigate, (laughs) help them 
point them in a direction. Hey, you might want to go work for this person. You might want to talk to that person or whatever. But I think the other thing is, is that we can get caught up in what school they go to from, from our perspective. And we have to remind ourselves that we are stewards. We're, we're meant to be people who help guide them with the help of the Holy Spirit and the graces of the sacrament of marriage. But it's ultimately God's plan. And we have to remind them, well, what does God want you to do? Yeah, that's a good job. You probably could do well at it. And yeah, you'll make a lot of money. That's great. But that's not the most important thing. Is it what God wants to do with your life? And we keep need to keep putting that in front of our children and in front of ourselves, I think. Yeah, I think along those lines, specifically with this article, I would have put something um, in back of what he goes on to say, uh, or rather I would have prefaced, it prefaced something with... Um, with what he goes on to say, and that is seek excellent character for your, for your children. That's, that's what you're, that's what you want. You want them to have excellent character, whether they're going to be a garbage man or they're going to be a nuclear scientist. If they're going to be someone in the public eye or they're someone laboring away in, in the shadows of society and nobody's going to, they're going to be anonymous. Absolutely. They have that's where you want excellence is you want excellence in their character. And if they if if they have excellent character, then they're gonna they're gonna be even more well equipped to make some of these to go through some of these processes, these these steps right. and I th- for finding I, your purpose. Yeah, and I think I mean, again, I, I can't I don't think it's too young, I mean, to ever keep just pointing out, well, that's a gift. Let's see how God wants to use that. Even just as a moment, if you see something in them or they do something really well, you know, I've got one that's a tremendously hard worker. I mean, maybe beyond what would, what would be normal. And I'm like, that's going to serve you well. Mm-hmm. But if it stresses you out to do it, we got to work on that. So we've got, in other words, we're, we're as parents should be looking at our children and kind of helping to guide them, but always praying that that God will show the way for us. It's not, that that child's not ours <laughs> um, in the strictest sense. It is ours in terms of the child has been entrusted to us, but ultimately God is is the person who's given them to us, and God is the person who has a plan for them, and we don't want to get in the way of whatever that plan is. Right. So, right. Andy. Oh, excuse me. Um, part of his preface for the 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 steps is he he talks about how, you know, uh, Inigo at that point uh, was his given name. He went, he spent, quote, spent his time chasing women and obsessing over fancy clothes. He loved the bravado of shiny swords and military exploits. And, and that is true about, about him. But, you know, the world that he was living in of the 16th century was, that, w- that was a path for, for a young man to take was, was, military glory being being a soldier and and what he part of what he was seeking was being part of something greater than himself being a part um you know showcasing his talents show right. achieving something great yes it was self-focused in that uh in that line and also he was he was uh kind of living in a a corrupted version of that chivalric idea which was where the male the man right. the warrior was supposed to be the defender of the weak he was supposed to be the defender of the most innocent he was supposed to put his life on the line for his community or for or for the church or um or his lord you know to be putting his life in the service of of the other so he even though he was doing it in kind of a corrupted way, he still was um, striving for for things that, in their proper right. uh, order, are really commendable things. Right, and that and that's and that kind of I think that is something that's really and that, important. That's really that's really important. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, there, no, but just, that's so important to understanding Ignatian, uh, not so much Ignatian spirituality, but Ignatius's desire for what he wanted his religious order to be and the kind, the way he wanted to uh, re- put put Catholicism on fire again. 
Right. And and I think that that's important for us to remember as 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 parents is that lots of things that they may be misdirected mm-hmm. you can still discern a gift there. You can still discern something about the person. It doesn't I mean you think about it God used St. Paul. I mean St. Paul was the most zealous of Jews so much that he went around uh trying to kill them, at least capture them and 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 bring them in to be punished, bring Christians in. And, you know, God, you know, and it quote unquote I'm using recognized in him. He didn't sound like, oh my goodness, he created him. But but there's something to be learned about the fact that we can be misdirected. You can see it. Say for example, I mean you could take somebody like say Abby Johnson, for example, on you know, wanting to help, wanting to help, and then something happens and there's a conversion. The same gifts that she had before are used somewhere else. And so we as parents, even if they may head down a path, we can redirect, but we still need to recognize and be able to kind of like through a sieve say, okay, let's take that away and let's find the gift that they have. And then obviously we should be praying for them as well. But, but I think it's a really good point that Ignatius used lots of them. St. Augustine came, you know, the route of, of, Mm-hmm. Not the best guy in the world, right? But he right. was a seeker, you know. He was he was always seeking, and that's a gift. That was something. And if you seek, you will find. So, I think God is very patient with us. Maybe more patient than we are as parents with our children. Thanks be to God that He's no, patient. No, th- 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 yeah, thank thanks be to God, without a doubt. But I think that maybe we should step back sometimes and and recognizing that. I always say that. You know, my path, and God can use whatever to help you kind of head the direction that you're headed. But my passion was football forever. I wanted to be a football coach badly, so badly that I overcame one of my greatest fears of all. I mean, I was petrified of speaking in front of people, petrified. <laughs> but but I wanted that so bad that I said, well, if I'm going to do that, I have to do this. Right. Well, I'm not coaching football. I stopped coaching football, you know, 25 years ago, 24 years ago, whatever, a long time ago. But it's funny. God can use – He can even, there may be gifts that, that, that go untapped because of fear that come out because of a maybe a misdirected love that God's able to get you over a hump that you wouldn't get over by yourself to bring you around, you know, this the, what's the old saying that, you know, God draws straight with crooked lines. We yeah. kind of go, I mean, I don't know even who said that, but there's some truth to that saying, at least I've seen it in my own life, that God can kind of steer you, bring you a certain direction because of a certain desire that you have that you ultimately recognize is not the ultimate desire. So anyway, but I, I, I thought that these, these six, he provides six, uh, ways to find your purpose in life, and hopefully, you can um, you can um, kind of go through uh, these with your children and have them on the back of your mind and 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 help them to remember. So, what the first one? Yeah, let's get into it. The first one is is pick the right time to think about it. He says, pick the right time to think about your you what your purpose is. Right. Um, I think. The major thing I took away from here was his point about uh, don't be in a rush to make big decisions. Don't let your your those decisions be uh, especially uh, overly shaped by emotions. Um, so right. try to try to set your emotions aside. At least take take account of your emotions. Take stock of your emotions about whatever path you're considering, but don't be ruled by them. Um, yeah, and. I, and- you have some other things. I, I think I think some other, but there's there's other things to keep in mind. If I were counseling a, a young person, which would be um, ask questions, you know, ask questions of people who know something about that path that you're considering. Right. Go find out. Um, do your homework on that that path that you're considering. If you're you know, a big a big question for people to pursue. It seems more and more for um, graduates of college is now go on, do you go on a graduate school or do you go enter the the workforce? And right, you know, that's that's a 
It's a big question. And I, I mean, can be throwing a lot of money and time away going to graduate school for not a lot of return oftentimes, if you, depending on the field that you're considering. Right, and I think what happens is, and I, so there's, there's kind of a double-edged sword here. Part of it is that you have, you know, there's a, you, you can think too early and make your mind up of what, of what you're, what you're going to be when you grow up so much. In other words, there is a, there is a time. I think part of what he's saying is, you know, it, it's better for, you know, a 36 year old to be making a decision about what they're, where they're going. Um, then, um, then to be a small child and say, I'm going to be, you know, a basketball player or whatever. And I think as a parent, it's important to remember that you have these, you have to remember that some of the stuff that they do is going to bring about the characters. So I've got kids that love to play sports. I'm more interested in kind of what that brings about in them, what, what, what things it reveals about them than actually what they're accomplishing in the sport. And I think that we as parents should look at that. That's why I, for us, sports to me mean a lot, but but we don't have to make a decision. I have one that says he's going to be a professional football player. He may or may not. If I were betting, he won't. But, but, but I'm not. I'm not ready to do it because it's too early to tell. At simple at this statistics point. would suggest that well, it's that, probably not going that happen. too. That too. But I think that that's. I think that that's really important point. But you have the double edged sword. Is you still got to get them thinking about the future. You know, wonder about maybe allowed with them what you know i wonder what god has in plan has in store for you um in other words you could probably take this and say pick the right time well you're too young to be deciding that well you want them to dream you you want them to 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 uh to dream about it or whatever whatever they're trying to go towards so you got to balance that now with a kid that's 22 that's graduated we're starting to narrow down things. What, what stuff that you like? What do I see about about you? What are you drawn to? That's a different type of conversation than you might have with a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of this goes also back to the kind of it, – it's a lifelong process in terms of it, this is something that should be happening all as the child is growing and developing, and it's so connected to their – education in terms of them being raised in in considering and finding out what have the great minds of the past said about what is good what is true what is beautiful what does the spiritual tradition say about those things how does that what does that look like for me and and mother mary being a great example of this in the Gospels of how she, you know, she kept these things in her heart heart and pondered them. That means to turn them over in your head and think about them repeatedly and the different facets and aspects of them. Um, And and that's a part of taking the time to pick, picking the right time to think about it. Right. And and that's part of purposefully parenting too, I think. It's not, not the active part. It's actually the pondering part. It's the I wonder what, I mean, I recognize that gift in my child. Mm-hmm. I need to point it out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that gift causes problems. <laughs> um, and so you tell them you got to redirect it. I mean, I've got, a, I've got one that, that is extraordinarily open with what he thinks. And that there, I just need to tell him there's sometimes when you, you need to just bite your tongue and not share what you're thinking. But the fact that you are comfortable doing that is a good thing we just got to manage it right you know and that's where a parent comes in but but also pointing out because there's some kids that won't that that, you'd be the last person to bring up anything if they're if they were confronted with a situation and so on those you need to draw it out of them yeah you know so again like i said it's you're trying to you're trying to help them pick the right time and recognize it give themselves time but at the same time um have them think about about the future, which I actually is number two here, right? Mm-hmm. Was there anything more on that one? No, that's good. Um, I, I I think this exercise is really good. I you know the funny thing is is that um he says that you should imagine yourself in the future. So pretend that you're 
doing whatever it is that God that, that that you think you're called to, what would that look like? And that gets back to your point about, and I've tried to do this with the kids, particularly as they've gotten older, is hey, you so you think you want to do this? Let me introduce you to a friend of mine that does that. Right. Just go have lunch with them. Well, what are we going to talk about? Just say, hey, I, you know, I'm thinking about being what what you are. I mean, any advice? You know, what was hard about it? What do you love about it? What do you don't like? What do you hate about it? Those type of questions. I mean, that that's a positive, you know, hour and a half. If if somebody will take the time to do it, mm-hmm. and if they're good friends, typically they will. You know, kind of point them out, even give them a chance to to try it out. Um, you've got to allow them to kind of search because you can get a, you know, imagine yourself in the future, you can get a unhealthy attachment to something that's not re not reality. Yeah. I, when we do marriage prep stuff, you know, there's, there is something to be said about saying it's be- marriage is the most beautiful thing I've ever been through. I wouldn't change it, but anybody that says that it's easy, anybody that says that there aren't struggles, anybody that says that you and the love of your life are just going to be, totally on the same page all the time is not. And so you have to, you have to have somebody at least point that out. Now they may not remember it. They may not, they may not think us a word different or that's different, but in, but it is important for them to be aware of it because if they do go down the path of whatever it is that they're doing and they've talked of it, I do think I've seen where it's where I've recalled things that people have said that once I've gotten into something that has helped me say, well, I'm not alone in this. I'm not weird because I've have this struggle or I don't like this about it. I mean, yeah. when I'm a banker, I went to ask a guy about being a banker who, who was a friend of my dad's. And he said, my only advice to you is don't be a banker. <laughs> you know? Right. And so the, the next question is, is what, you know, why? And, and the things that he didn't like about it were things that, that actually I drew me to it. So, so even, even that conversation, which I always remember is something about sometimes you'll hear something that may be a bad thing for them because of their personality, but it's like, well, I actually, that, that kind of draws me even more towards, towards wanting to do Mm -hmm. that. So I found this piece of advice, especially applicable for discerning your vocation, imagining yourself. Yeah. I feel like I did that a lot as a child, young, young man of imagining thinking of myself as a priest or, or a brother, you know, because there were aspects of that that were attractive and, and being educated by the Jesuits, especially, right. you know, there, there was a lot that, that looked was really intriguing. But I never had the same um, sense of fulfillment as when I thought about being a husband being a father, right? Being a lay person in a in a profession, that that drew you. That drew uh, me. Yeah, and 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 I think that that's that is critical. I think that that's part of the process is putting yourself in that. That's why you know, like you hear at St. Mary's, they'll they'll go on you know the nun runs or the I forget what the other one is, but where they'll go and visit and they'll talk to people who are going through it. I think the problem is we don't expose them to it we need to allow them to have conversations with people so that they can have a, a more accurate dream about what it's like. Yeah, that's true. Very you know, true. I mean, as opposed to some, because we can make it into what we want, particularly if we have no idea what it's like. That's why I think, you know, the great thing about being a parent, this is a little bit of a side, but I mean, children have a great view of what family life's like for, I mean, for better or for worse, you know, and I remember my mom having to tell me, hey, you think we're nutty. You think we have problems. You know, you should there, – there are other people. And it wasn't until, much, until I got much older, but I always took that in that I recognized that there are people with many more struggles. But that was in my mind going forward. I saw my parents argue. I saw them disagree. Mm-hmm. I also mm-hmm. saw them love each other mm-hmm. beyond anything I could imagine. So I was drawn to it even in the midst of the struggle. So when struggles – came for me while they're not fun in that it there's a there was a well this is what happens (laughs) so that's i think is is a key piece to this idea of imagining yourself in the future and you should have some sort of peace god's going to draw you 
to it. You're going to have a not only a peace, but like a desire. I, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. So. Yeah, I agree. So number three then is ask the people who know you best. Um, I, that's so important. I mean, it really is. I, I We always joke that we say, you know, you, everybody should have five to ten people that they trust on their list. We always tell the kids, you should have that, and we'll help point that out. We just hope that we're on that list going forward. And that's, you know, I actually, know? I actually had kind of an issue with the way part of this was written. Sure, well, along those lines. Yeah. So he gets down to the end. He says, when you're confused, praying and talking to friends offers much needed clarity about your own particular purpose in life. And, and my reaction to that was what I wrote down was, well, what about parents, older relatives, a priest or religious, uh, your teachers? It. My goodness, You know, yes. I think this kind of smacked of the over-egalitarianism of our society where you know, everybody's a peer. No, not not everybody's a peer. Well, you want somebody that not only knows you, but actually loves you. And is going to tell you the truth. Is going to tell you the truth. And that <laughs> we talk about that all the time. It is so important that, that you ask advice of people who are going to tell you not what you want to hear, <laughs> but what you need to hear. Right. They're going to tell and, you what you don't want to hear, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least you know they will. So, if, I mean, that's even more positive enforcement if – what they tell you, knowing that they would tell you mm-hmm. that's not. And frequently with, with our kids, I'll tell them. I, if I tell them, you know, you're really good at this. This is something I think you ought to pursue, whatever it is, in ninth grade, 10th grade. I think you have a gift there. Um, I always say, they'll always say, well, the dad, you're dad. You're supposed to tell me that. And I said, no, <laughs> I am supposed to tell you that, but I'm also supposed to equally, and you should know that I will tell you, you know, you really aren't gifted at that, or that is something you need to work on. But anyway, I I, yeah. I I want I think I would tell them I want mom and dad on the list. <laughs> I'd like that. I mean, I can't make them. I hope we communicated that in the way we've lived. But you know, we hope that there's a priest on that list. There's maybe an older you know mentor type person yep. in addition to your prayer and your friends. Um we had a good friend that was trying to discern whether he was supposed to leave his job and go to work for a parish. It was a major shift. And he was asking of six different, you know, six different people. He was getting different advice from different, from different people. You know, my advice to him was you're married and you have a child. I would evaluate both of those (laughs) based on, that's your primary vocation. So which one of those, which one of these two, to the best of your ability, provides that? Because one was more of a, well, you ought to do that. That's what God's calling you to do because you're going to work for the church. And I'm like, that could be true, but, but you ought to feel very peaceful about that. And, there, and what kind of things are bothering you about it? And if they are things that, say, it might hurt my relationship with my wife or my kid and my ability to be a father relative to the, job you'd be leaving that's something to talk well he got different advice from everybody he had to he had to discern through all that um but i think that was a healthy way of looking at it he asked his parents he asked me he's a younger guy he asked friends people that he knew and he got all kinds of different advice but i think that you know he the fact is is we have to turn to other people that god's put in our life that we trust every one of those people I know had his best and his family's best and you know yeah. in mind. Yeah, I was in a I was in a dating relationship, a ser- very serious dating relationship at a point in my life and I had my my friends were all against it right to varying degrees and it was a very volatile relationship. But I would have what what clinched it to get out of it was that my parents they just they never they never came around like i knew i knew that i didn't have their complete uh they weren't all in right and and that's and that's what that's what ultimately and we as parents we told as parents, me told me so much about what i was doing i had i didn't have that complete confidence in me for my 
from my parents. And I, I don't, I don't think that that's a lack of, you know, independence or a lack of, no. um, confidence on my part. I think that's wisdom and prudence. Right. And, and, and we, as parents should strive to be people that our kids pay attention to frequently, uh, you know, <laughs> if we run into a situation where our kids are aware of somebody, say, a little bit older, so between between our age and theirs, where they know that person, and something happens, we may point out, you know, hey, this is why you, you really want your parents and your family on board on this. Because, we, we, you know, we have people that they, they went ahead and married somebody, and it's caused it's caused huge rifts <laughs> and and me too that and that and that can be something that you just point out it's something to consider it's something you ought to be should be an antenna that goes up right. doesn't necessarily mean that that means it's not the right answer but it is something that we have to put on the list so we're just trying to teach them right. how do you think because ultimately that guy that made the decision he was taking it all in and he was getting different advice from people, but he was listening and talking with his wife because I'd ultimately said, look, whatever you do, your wife needs to be on board. I've made decisions without my wife, and they've been problematic. Yeah. It's my fault. Yeah. And I said, so my best advice to you is if she doesn't feel comfortable, if she can't get comfortable with whatever it is, that's a big warning sign. Yeah. So um, if God wants you to do something – he can gain peace for your significant other. Right. You know, right. but as a child coming up, I think it's right. You have to have, you have to have, who are those people that you would go to? And I think it's a good idea to maybe ask, you know, tell your kids like, okay, if you had a big decision to make, who, who would be on your list? Mm-hmm. Maybe not when they're five, but <laughs> sure. may, maybe when they're 12 or 13, like mm-hmm. who would be on your list? If you had five people you could go ask, who would you go ask whether you should do this or should do that? And hopefully there are people that are going to tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. Yeah. So. Yeah, and when I was in that situation, I, another reason I valued my parents' opinion so much was connected to number two on this list, which is I was imagining myself in the future with this situation and 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 how That's, much tension and— um, it, that it was not going to be good for a marriage. It was not going to be good for my relationship with them. Most likely, it was going to be difficult to raise children right. in that situation. So I was I was doing doing that imagining process as well, and that's what helped bring that home to me. But it's good, and you don't know when you when you have that. I can remember my parents distinctly telling me when I graduated with a business degree, and then said, "You don't want to go back and coach." And I remember my parents having a conversation with me. Well, what do you think? you're going to you're going to do all I'll coach do you think you're going to get married and have kids yes you do realize that growing up in the family you did if you become a coach you're probably not going to have the same means as as we did that sounds very practical and mundane but the reality is is there's those are things you have to consider mm-hmm. they're they're fair things to throw out there and they supported me when I decided to go coach but but they did bring it up, and when I so when I got to the point where I really was in the middle of it and saw when I was already coaching, envisioned myself because of the men I was around saying, yeah, I don't want Stephanie and my relationship to be like their relationship. You know, I don't. I mm. not that that not that not that they're I not that they're they had good marriages, but I didn't want that marriage. I didn't want the, my marriage to look like that marriage. Right. Not because it was a bad, but it was just not for me. So again, it was the envisioning. It was in sometimes that change may you may have to get into it. Uh, you know, obviously, marriage is another thing. My dad always <laughs> said, "Hey, once you're in, you're in." Yep. I mean, that's right. Know? So that's that's different than when you become a a coach or or a banker or whatever. Those you can change, but but. You know, that's why it is so important for that marriage part to be right. But I think envisioning um, that is is really important. So, and, and, and asking people that you count. I think it's a good lesson to just, I challenge you, if they're older, ask them, would you make a list, you know, make a list of three people who you'd ask. Um, hopefully we'd be on it. But, 
But right. what else? Uh, who else? And then talk them through. Why did you pick that one? I think that's a good exercise to have. And and we're already talking about number four on this list, so we can we can oh, wow. either extend yeah. extend it or or go on to the number five. But it's think about how the rest of your life is affected. Right. In, and, that, in that regard. Well, so 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 for me, and I think it's important to to point out for me. My dad was and is a great dad. I, I just love him to death. He was great at what he did. He was a physician on call most of the time because he dealt with heart problems. So he was frequently having to get called. Now, dad, more than any other of the doctors that I know he was partners with that I had that I knew their kids, he made time to come to things, but he wasn't as free to do things as that. And so you know, that coupled with organic chemistry <laughs> pointed me in the direction of, you know what, I probably don't want to be a doctor. Uh, or certainly They not call a, that uh, winnowing. You're right. So, so I think, you know, you think about the rest of your life. I mean, those are things that are good. You know, w- would you like it like, like that? Right. I mean, and as a, as a child, would you want to do that? Like I said, this is nothing against my father at all. I mean, my dad is a great dad, has been a great dad, continues to be a great dad. But for me, it was like, you know, I want to be more around. Um, and so what do I have to do to do that? But anyway, I think that's looking at a job. And again, that gets back to talking to people who are in that position and even be better if you had a, had a person. It's great. I, I'll back up a little bit. There's there's somebody I won't use their name, but it was somebody and a and a priest here, and I always took the he was he was pretty sure he was supposed to become a priest, but he could never get comfortable with it. And I love the advice that the priest said is the next girl you feel attracted to, ask her out, and see what happens. Well, they're married with three kids now. Oh wow! But but I always thought you know what a great piece of I mean if you're not comfortable with it then then take the next step. Mm-hmm. And what a great vocation director that is, that is really realizing the most important thing is I got to do what God wants, what God wants him to do. I'm not afraid to turn them loose. I'm not afraid to do it. I challenge him. You're not comfortable. Go ask somebody out. I remember the guy I was in com- conversation with. He said, I'm going to ask this girl out, somebody that we knew. And I was like, she's an awesome girl. And, you know, here we are 15 years later and they've got kids and it's pretty cool. Um, so anyway, um, so number one was pick the right time to think about it. So what age you are and kind of where you are in life. The second was imagine being in the right emotional state too, when you're, when you're, when you're thinking, right. I think that's, that's really important. Don't do anything. The, The worst decisions I've ever made about anything have always been emotionally induced uh for the most part (laughs) yeah um or or fear whatever um ask the people you know best and then think about how the rest of your life is affected was number four um what do we got here number Number five is pretend you are another person giving advice to yourself what would you say to you what would you would you be disappointed in your choices please this exercise is helpful in promoting a rational objective thought process that minimizes emotional thinking or imagine a person much like yourself who has asked you for advice on a big decision how would you advise him what sort of factors would you that's a great exercise i'm not sure i've ever done i can't i i don't think i've ever you know consciously thought in that way i do know that i spend a lot i have spent a lot of my life you know talking to myself (laughs) so do i uh, berating yourself or yelling at yourself or, you know, complimenting yourself if yeah, you do something well. Right. So, I mean, I, I I have a habit of talking to myself, especially when I was younger. So maybe I did that in in, in a sense of trying to talk through things aloud. I guess the, 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 point of the, the point of the exercise is to do the best you can to step away yeah. and say, if I'm looking at you – in these circumstances, objectively, given what I know, um, what would it, what would it be like? I mean, um, or what would, I guess, what would, um, what advice would I give to a person in a similar circumstance? 
and you know, I mean, like I said, I think it's really important that we remember. This is kind of an aside, but I think it's important when we go through things and we we um struggle through things. Be willing to reach out to people who are going through this through a similar. That's part of this. I mean to to encourage them, to provide them with advice, to to strengthen them. I think that that's again, this is an aside, but I think that that should be something that that we do. And as a parent, with regard to this, I think it's a, I think it's another thing for us to remember to be willing to share stories of our own life yes. and what we've struggled yes. with and things. Oh, I've been through that before, because all too frequently I've been amazed that my kids think I was a way better young person than I was. Um, we need to share our own failures as much as our own successes, our own times when we've let other people down or when we've made a bad decision, what we would have done differently. You don't even necessarily have to assign it to what they're doing. You can just explain, you know, if I had known better, I wouldn't have done this and here are the reasons why. And this is, these are where I made my mistakes. So when that young man asked me, should I change jobs? And his, with his wife around, I mean, with his wife being there, I said, the biggest mistakes I've ever made have been when I've gone another way from where my wife, my wife was not with me when I, when I made that decision, wasn't with me in, in concept. I, mm-hmm. I, that's where I want you to go. That's what I think you should do. Mm-hmm. That's when I've made the biggest mistake. So to share that with somebody, I'm sure somebody shared that with me. <laughs> Maybe they did. I don't remember, but, um, but I do know it's, it's really um, critical uh, to make sure that, that we share I think I think number five, I could also see that applying that as a parent to a child and saying, okay, suppose your brother Johnny is, is facing the same decision that you, that you are. What would you say to him? Right. How, how would you counsel him? Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're sitting down trying to, trying to talk, talk out a decision with, with one child, ask him to give it to, uh, what advice would they give to a sibling? And again, you know, when we had these, we had, we had, I told Thaddeus this, I don't think I'd mentioned this, but we had our um, two nieces and a nephew. And, and one of the things that I, that became more and more apparent was something that we've always known, but it's really important to model and to pull up alongside somebody and show them this is how you do or get them to think about something. You know, what do you think would have been a better way to handle the circumstance? Same thing here, you know, to, to sit next to somebody and help them ask them questions so that they begin to think. One of those would be maybe point them in the direction of, well, let's just pretend you're talking to your brother or your sister. What would, what would be things that you would make sure that they consider in that? So um, anyway, I think, that, I think those, are, those are good exercises as well. And then number six is imagine you were living your last moments wow you know when i when i look at that i remember and it is something that i've had to grapple with in my own in in my own life but i mean i read a stephen covey book i guess seven habits of highly effective people a long time ago and i think early on in that book he talks about you know write your obituary (laughs) you know write 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 what you want said at your obituary and then live to that um because someday, someday, there will be a, an obituary written about you. I think this is this is good, and this kind of goes into the spiritual exercises. I think of of you know to think, contemplate death. Yes, contemplate mental mori. You know, yeah. we don't do that. That is a lost thing. We tend to try to run away from it and dismiss it. Yet, of all the things that happen in life, it is. The most certain going to it is going <laughs> it's, it's to happen. It's going to happen. And what is that, you know, if I died tomorrow, am where I am and what am I doing, is that okay? Is that that should be that should be something. I remember a lady um that I was talking to, she her husband had died recently 
within a year. And she was telling me the night that they had come back from a party with all their family, he's an older, an older couple. And he, she said, my husband sat down on the thing, was changing his shoes and we were getting dressed and everybody was gone and asleep. And, and he, um, he said, the last thing I remember him saying to me before we went to bed was, you know, honey, I, I don't think I'd change anything. She says, what are you talking about? I'm where we are and what, what's going on. I'm pretty sure I would not change anything. <laughs> well, you want to die <laughs> at that, at that point. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, at that point, but the fact that he died at that point, I think that would be great comfort uh, would have been. And for her, it was great comfort. But I think it is good to think, you know, where I am now, am I headed on the path? I may not be where I'm, where I've dreamt I would be, but, but am I there? Um, am I on the path that I'm supposed to be on? And I, I think it's a great exercise to go through that. So what there were the, the six so the six were pick the right time to think about it, imagine yourself in the future, ask people who know you best, think about how the rest of your life is affected, pretend you are another person giving advice to yourself, imagine you are living your last moments. I think it's interesting that these are all very reflective of how St. Ignatius uh, encourages people to contemplate the Scriptures, to put yourself in that scene that's in the in the Scriptures right, to, to get into it, and that's very similar kind of... Yeah, method here. absolutely. Well, anyway, I know we're we're drawn to a close here, and um, I just hope this was was helpful. Again, this is all part of being purposeful with your parenting. It's it's just another thing to add kind of your quiver, what we should be doing in general as parents. We should be helping our children discern what God's plan is for their life, and so recognize those gifts and and pass them on, and um, always remember, um, pray parent with purpose and prepare for God to amaze you. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood.